Today on Behind the Headlines, we're going to go all over the place as the joy-filled human being known as Ed Pivos jumps onto the podcast to talk about all of the awesome things that he covers, from roller coasters to Comic-Cons to Neil deGrasse Tyson and everything in between. It is next on Behind the Headlines. As I said, our guest today, Ed Pivos, is joining us and my co-host, as always, the one, the only, today looking dashing, Mr. John Heiner. How are you, my friend? Thanks. If only the podcast listeners could see the visuals. I'll take, spectacular. I'll, I'll take a screenshot and we'll put it in the show notes. They can see it today. <laughs> the view into your studio is much more interesting, Eric, but uh, how are you today? I am well. Thank you for asking. So would you ever uh, read celebrity news, like especially B-listers, like the guy who played Rusty in National Lampoon Vacation? <laughs> would you read about that? Uh, of course I would. I'll read anything. Would you go to a would you go to a Comic-Con? Yes. I mean, obviously, behind me, I would go to a Comic-Con. I yes. know, absolutely. Would you want to know where, like, like a Detroit's best chili dog is? Yes, all this sounds like things I would like to do. Or walk through a mansion in Detroit that was formerly owned by some auto magnet that's now for sale. I love that, too. So we we always bring on M Live staffers who have beats, you know, and, and are really good at the job they do, say politics or weather or something. But today we have a guy I call the human Swiss army knife. This is the most versatile reporter in M live, the man of many hats. His name is Ed Pivos. And all those things I mentioned, Ed Pivos not only has done, but he continues to do for M live. So this morning we're going to find out, uh, we're going to welcome Ed Pivos and find out how he does his job. Good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning. Thanks. Uh, Yeah. Appreciate it. Good intro. I appreciate it. That's a little scratch the surface on a little bit of uh, all the wackiness and all the fun that I bring to uh, MLive readers. You not only have the most interesting beat, I happen to think you're one of our most interesting employees. Um, and that's saying a lot. We have <laughs> we have a broad spectrum. But uh, your, your job endlessly fascinates me. And also, you've got some personal interests and things you do that are pretty cool, too. But just for the sake of our listeners here today, Ed, um, you're on something we call our life and culture team. Um, and you've been with us now, I don't know, what, maybe eight, nine years? Coming up on eight years, I'm in the middle of my seventh year. The first week I worked at MLive, I covered the Taylor Swift 1989 tour and Motor City Comic Con, where I interviewed Ralph Macchio, Billy <laughs> Zabka, and Martin Cove all on the same weekend. So that was my first few days that i'm live well it's only sped up since then my friend how would you describe your job for our listeners uh it is very fast paced because i do a lot of uh like trending breaking news uh just anything going on locally or around the world um and then i also you know i don't just sit at the sit at the desk i go out into the community i love that i love that i get to meet a lot of people go to new restaurants try bizarre foods or eating contests or go to like comic cons or you know do travel stories so i i do a mixture of you know celebrity news and trending news where i stay in and i see things happening from afar or i go right to the story myself and immerse myself uh into the action as i call it i love doing that yeah, you I, you do it really well. I went and looked at like a year's worth of headlines, and it <laughs> truly is all over the map. I mean, you were the guy who broke the story on the Brigadoon Cottage, you know, for M Live. Yeah. You broke the story of Brigadoon Cottage on Mackinac Island catching on fire, um, and you're down in the Detroit area. Um, you also will do something like put on your Hawaiian shirt in, in a summer 
uh, broad brimmed hat and go out on a tiki bar on the Detroit River. Um, there's a legendary, Eric, there's a legendary piece of film on YouTube of Ed trying out a new roller coaster at Cedar Point. Um, I, I write a column to go with these podcasts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to that because oh, I, think, I think it's the quintessential piece of film <laughs> that just gives you an insight into both Ed and the kind of kind of work that he does. But Ed, how long have you been in the news business and where did you develop this, this really uh, broad interest in, in all these kind of really, I call it entertainment, forms of entertainment? Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do my senior year of college. I, I got a job in 1999 at ABC 12 in Flint. And from there, I just spent my downtime kind of with the news anchors and reporters and learning how to write, write for news. And uh, I, I loved it. I, was, I became a news junkie, as you would call it. And I watched the news all the time. And from there, I went to uh, 9 and 10 News up in Cadillac, where I became a TV producer there. A lot of writing, uh, reporters, uh, managing the you know reporters and and uh, photographers and everything, anchors and putting on newscasts. Then I went to Toledo, then I went to the Kalamazoo market, and then I went back to my home roots here in Detroit, uh, where I was at Fox Two News for eight years, and then uh, so about fifteen years of uh, TV news. I finally, as a producer, branched into a reporter. So instead of sending all the reporters out to do the stories and the photographers. Now I'm the one that gets to do them and I'm having a great time doing it because I really get to showcase, I think my personality and just really get into the stories and tell them, you know, in a way that, uh, that I like to tell them and that uh, it's, it's, so it's fun for me. Your work is, you're one of the most well-read authors on M live every single year. Um, and part of it I think is, because you cover all these broad topics that are, but also because you tap into something and you put yourself into the stories in ways that not every reporter does. Um, I, I mentioned like going out on the, uh, the, the Detroit river on a tiki bar or getting on a, uh, a roller coaster, but you, you come off as a, somebody who will immerse yourself into a story. So when you're tackling a story, how do you approach that? Yeah. I don't want to be just that person that, you know, like, like for instance, if I go to like, you know, the Alpine mountain slide at Crystal Mountain or Michigan's longest zip line or something. Like, I don't want to just be holding a microphone and saying, okay, go do it. Tell me how it was. Like, I want to do it and tell you how it was and show you how it was. And, and I like to, you know, have that authentic reaction to it because it, it really is. It's something that I would want to do anyway. And so I want to bring that excitement and, and just uniqueness of not only me doing it with my natural reactions and personality but you know i want to show you what things are like because michigan is full of just amazing things and amazing attractions amazing places to visit and i absolutely love going everywhere and showing people things and not just like i said doing it from a distance i love to get in there and and be a part of it and you know i tried out for a minor league baseball team once for a story and you know instead of just going there, talking to the players, I suited up and tried out. It's like, you know, that that's, I, that's what I want to do. I love doing that stuff. Do you, do you bring an element of theater to some of this or is this all authentic? It's, I would say it's 90% authentic. Cause honestly, what you see with me is what you get. I, I don't, I mean, maybe 95% authentic. I don't, I don't really act. I really don't. It's just, it is me. I'm, you know, if I'm going on that roller coaster, I, I'm, I was, 
terrified <laughs> and you'll see it in that video i'm i'm literally terrified on some of these things and um it's it's me <laughs> for eric they strapped him in um <laughs> well the, the opening of the shot this is hilarious is you see him being strapped in and he's terrified and then you pull back and find out it's the chair they have in the line to, for kids to sit in to see if they're big enough to ride the ride. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even the actual ride. It was just the chair. I couldn't get on that ride. I was, that was the couple of years before the one I actually did get on, and um, that was uh, Valraven. I couldn't get on it, and um, you yeah, pulled the eject button that you pulled the eject button that day. But it was <laughs> it was still good footage, and it always is with you, Ed. And then. When they actually did get on a roller coaster, they had them strapped in uh, next to him was a, a TV reporter, a woman from Detroit. And the, the, the mix on screen of his terrified face and her laughing at his terror is, is just high quality. It's just high quality video. Well, so. actually, that was um, that was Hannah from Cleveland.com. Oh, and okay. she is apparently the most calm, bravest person ever because she was just like she wasn't even on a roller coaster. It was like she was sitting in a recliner at home watching TV. And for me, it was the most terrifying experience in my life. <laughs> well, well, one thing that uh, I think you were made for Facebook Lives or vice versa, right? And, and Ed is our guy on Facebook Lives because they open a new ice skating rink or that roller rink they did open in downtown Detroit or like I said, the, the Tiki Bar on the Detroit River. Yeah, uh, Ed, you've got a really great space demeanor on camera uh, speaking to readers and taking them there like he'll strap on the skates and we'll do a, a facebook live while he's got skates on and the one thing about ed's lives is they're not scripted we don't know where they're gonna go um yeah, but it's usually it's, it's usually solid gold <laughs> how do you identify the assignments you think are going to make good lives and how do you approach those a lot of time it's really trial and error to be honest and that's how i've always uh, you know, done what I've done. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't, but I'm always willing to take a risk. And I think that for me, that really works because I like to be extreme and I like to just kind of take things to different levels and be a little bit different than, than everybody else, because there's a lot of great journalists out there. There's a lot of great content in the world. And I think if you're not trying to stand out a little bit, then you're not doing it right. And I really like to not only find the most amazing things to do and see and experience. But like I said, immerse myself into them and, and really go on an adventure and just try something different. If it doesn't work well, tomorrow I'll find something new and, and try something different again. And a lot of times it works. So, Well, we want to open up a whole other area of your expertise or the, you're our guy for this. And that is celebrities. Yeah, And I had said earlier, it wasn't quite fair. They're B-listers. They're not all B-listers. <laughs> uh, um, but you have interviewed a broad range of celebrities, both in their prime and, and not. Um, and a lot of times they're at these conventions you go to and so forth. But it's also if they're in town to promote something or show or whatever. Uh, how do you approach celebrities? Are they different to interview? Are there any awestruck moments that you have what's it what's it like could you put yourself right there with them you're on camera with them and you're talking to them almost like a friend or somebody you know yeah that's how i kind of like to approach it i mean honestly it depends on the celebrity sometimes my mind literally goes blank it's like 
three, two, one. And then I start talking. It's like, I, I forgot what I was going to ask this person. And and sometimes the, it, it, it just goes into a conversation like they're my friend. And that's how I think the best way to approach it. I usually like to talk to them about the topic on hand first, you know, because, you know, that's why they're here. That's, that's what they're doing. So like when I interview Garth Brooks, I want to ask him about his concert first, and then I'll get into something like, Hey, you went to you went to college with Barry Sanders, you know, our local hero or something. So, you know, you'll get into other to that, but it really is. It's just, I, I, I think sometimes I get starstruck a little bit because I am a fan too. I'm not just interviewing people that I don't really care about. I mean, I love most of these celebrities that I'm interviewing and that, and I say that when I'm interviewing, Hey, I loved you in this. And I, this is one of my favorite movies and I'm being sincere when I say that. I mean, I really like, the music, the movies, the, you know, I love pop culture and I really enjoy these things that these people are in. And I tell them that and I'm being sincere about it. And I think that really helps because I know the people that I'm interviewing because I'm fans of them, too. Yeah, I, it was very poignant for me um, as a fan of Meatloaf. Uh, yours was the last live interview that I saw yeah. before he died. And I mean, some time elapsed. It wasn't like he died the next day or week, but um, it, it was shortly before he died. And, yeah. you know, what was that like for you? Number one, you know, then when he died, knowing that you were one of the, the people who'd been with him in near the end. And how did you get any sense when you were talking to him that, that there was anything amiss? Well, the first thing in, in person, when you talk to him, it's like, okay, I don't think this guy is concert ready anymore like he didn't look frail he didn't look sick or anything he looked normal but you know he was he was up there and he, he didn't look as energetic he was very calm and he just he looked a little different i mean he wasn't sick or anything but you know i'm like wow you know this is i don't know if meatloaf's gonna perform ever again but you talk to him and it was just a fascinating conversation about uh getting his start in michigan and detroit his whole career and he talked about it and then when he died yeah it's uh I've had a, a number of, of people that uh, I have uh, interviewed or met celebrities that have died over the years. And then when you, that one, this one hit pretty close. Cause like you said, I was one of the, if not last people to interview him in person. And um, I guess it, it does hit you pretty hard and then you have to write about it. So I'm trying to write about it and I'm just kind of reminiscing about, wow, you know, I just talked to him. I just talked to him and a fascinating interview. And so, yeah, that one hit me a little bit harder because uh, it was such an impactful interview with this, with this uh, legend. And mm -hmm. um, so, but that's happened before I've interviewed quite a few people and then they've died months later or years later, like the amazing Jonathan recently as well. Saget. Um, I mean, I've interviewed these guys and uh, it brings back these amazing memories of, of, just hanging out with them and talking to them. And, and, and then all of a sudden now you can never do that again. They're gone. They leave us with an amazing legacy, but it hits you because you feel like, you know, these guys were so nice and they gave you, you know, time that they may not have necessarily had because they have such a busy schedule and, and you're grateful for that. And uh, I'm grateful for having those moments with some of these legends. Well, you have a interesting touch and you, you touched on it. You're a fan. And, you know, there's supposed to be like no cheering in the press box. Journalists yeah. are supposed to be objective stuff. But there, you don't violate anything. You're, 
you're just warm with these people. You're human. And um, they end up being really a great conversations. Um, the meatloaf one, I would recommend people Google that. Um, Ed Pivos and Meatloaf for M Live and, and watch that interview because it's far ranging. It's not just, oh, what are you doing here at this convention? Uh, what's your latest project? It shows that you know his work and you respect his work and you take that approach. And I mean that too when you're interviewing a restaurant owner or anybody, the guy who started the Tiki, you know, cruises, is you show genuine interest. And I think that comes through in your work. Yeah. And I, I don't think I could ever be like a Tonight Show host or something. They have to know the most wide range of everything. And that's and they have a whole team of people for that. For me, I'm just I am my whole team. And so legitimately, if I'm going to interview somebody, it's, it's somebody I enjoy. I enjoy their music. I enjoy their movies and I'm a fan. And so I already know a little bit about them or a lot about them. And uh, for me, it's a thrill, too. And I think it's the people that I interview are you know, sometimes, like I said, B-listers, but it's it's people that people can relate to. They've watched the same movies I have. They listen to the same music, things like that. And so I'm, I want to put myself in their shoes and ask them questions or ask questions that they might ask as well as, as a fan. And that's kind of like what I try to do. Yeah, you also you put yourself there at events, too, that yeah. other readers are like, whoa, <laughs> I wish I was there. Um, one that comes to mind is Detroit Lions cheerleader tryouts i mean how, how does somebody get an invitation um to go to these kind of things uh is that an all media event or that's actually coming up uh next month i believe again they haven't done it in person in two years because of covid i don't remember how that came about i think i i i saw well oh no i do remember that came about the lions were uh, bringing in a, a cheerleading team. They'd never had one. Remember when you used to go to the games at the Silver Room? They just had kind of like baton twirlers in the end zones, and that was it. Yeah, they brought and, in high school, like baton yeah. twirlers and cheerleaders. Yeah, so now they brought in the cheerleading team. And so I said, hey, this is entertainment. L- you know, let me cover this. And so now, like, every year I cover that. It's just – it's and, and and it's not open to the public. And I also did the, the Pistons uh, – cheer team uh, auditions to multiple times. It's just kind of a unique way to show what goes on behind the scenes in the whole audition process. Cause these are athletes. These are, they go through interview processes and they do all kinds of things that you wouldn't realize. Not just dancing. They're, they're legitimate athletes, you know, beasts out there. I mean, I can't, it's unbelievable. These moves that they do and choreograph. And then they have to, to do, like I said, these these interviews that are just it'll blow you away, the things they need to know and off the cuff um, they ask them. And uh, so it's just it's fascinating behind the scenes of really a, a cheerleading you know, a competition. Essentially, it's a really a big competition to get a prestigious spot on mm-hmm. that roster. Right. Uh, and that's I think it's emblematic of you go behind the scenes on a lot of things for you know you're our intrepid guy who will go down the night glow tube hill and as you said zip lines and before things open and describe it for our readers it's a great service uh you put people there let me talk about the cons of your job and that is comic-con horror con all the cons you go to which uh, are just reader gold they love it people eat it up i want to ask you first before we get into that discussion of that are you are you a fan at that level? I mean, did you used to go to those and dress up and, and all that? 
yeah, I used to go to them, but it's up. And before I came to MLive, I was going to, for instance, Motor City Comic Con anyway. And it's funny when I, like I said, when I first got hired into to MLive, I was supposed to start the week after Motor City Comic Con. And I said, oh my gosh, can we bump somehow bump up my employment <laughs> a week earlier so I can cover this event? Because it's one of the biggest events of the year in Michigan. And somehow MLive, you know, made it work and I covered it. And now I dress up. I have a, like you said, I wear many hats. I, I, I found a uh, fedora that matches the one that uh, Christopher Reeve wore in the original Superman movie. And I dress up as Clark Kent. It's a little, a little irony. And people recognize me at every Comic-Con I go to now, whether it's Grand Rapids Comic-Con, Motor City, Astronomic-Con, whatever. They recognize me now because I dress in the same outfit, ironically, as a reporter, <laughs> Clark Kent. And so these these are things I was going to anyway, but now I'm I'm you know immersing myself as a reporter and showing it off to the public. And boy, they are just visual feasts for the eye. I mean, cosplayers everywhere, celebrities everywhere, artists, vendors. If you haven't been to a Comic Con in Michigan, you really need to go to one because we have some of the most amazing ones in the country, and they're a lot of fun. Well, I live vicariously through your stories and your photo galleries, and I have just marvel at. No pun intended, uh, <laughs> but I marvel at the creativity and the work people put into their costumes. And yeah. I don't mean just like painting a cardboard box. It looks like they get extrude plastics and <laughs> they make these things. It's crazy. Yeah, I've actually done a story with a professional cosplayer just talking about how they spend days, weeks, months, years constructing their costume from scratch and uh, out of their garage or basement. I mean, it, it's a legitimate thing and not just professionals, just regular folks. I mean, they, they, they spend months on these things and it's, it's unbelievable. It truly okay. is. Okay. You and Eric, I want to take a little sociological and psychological detour. And these, these things are so elaborate and they're so popular. What do you think that that represents this, this, is it just escapism or is, is it more about our culture? I think it's a little bit of both because I, I think, you know, there's so much you can escape your regular life and you can dress up whatever hero you want. You can feel just really positive about yourself, just walking around with other people that are doing the same thing, dressing in costumes and purchasing uh, amazing, you know, superhero type art or whatever. So it's, it's really a big escape from reality. And when you're there for the full weekend or even a day or a few hours and you're taking pictures with, you know, Star Wars characters or Star Trek or, you know, your favorite DC character or just you never know what you're going to see. That's what's amazing. You know, you, you just kind of you're just in a different world. And I think I think people go just to have fun. And that's really all it is. It's just something fun to do that is not necessarily normal, but that's what's great about it. Everybody can be a nerd and being a nerd is cool at these events. And that's that's what's awesome about it. I love that. I'll have to start thinking of my next costume. <laughs> Eric, can you go on anything? Eric, costume? Eric, to uh, kind of I have, I so I have not, but last year I built my first costume, and so I can sort of attest to like. There's also a power in figuring out like, okay, 
I want to be this character. How do I figure out how to use EVA foam? How do I figure out how to extrude pr- plastic? And then you get all that stuff together and you look like the character. There's there's some real like fun joy in being able to pull that person or thing off of a page or out of a medium and then put it in real life. And you know, obviously there are people that are a trillion times better than me, but that was a really fun thing to do leading up to Halloween last year. That is very cool. Mm. Uh, a little story from my childhood. My friend down the street in Dearborn, Tommy Yermanovic, his mom had a sewing machine. And so she made us costumes. And alas, that meant for my childhood, I had to be Robin while my friend got to be Batman. All the time. <laughs> I was Robin. So I add, maybe I'll show up at your next Comic Con as Robin. It kind of re- re- reprise my role. Okay, there's always Ed, a bat. There's always a Batman there to take a picture with. So okay, um, we only got a couple minutes left, Ed. Uh, you have the most interesting job in in journalism in Michigan. What is coming up next for you? Um, what's coming up? I hear something great's coming up today, but what's that and what's coming up this spring? Yeah, I have a really cool interview coming up in like six minutes and I uh, with uh, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, which is fascinating for me because I'm such a science geek. So that's going to be a lot of fun. He's coming in. Uh, he's on tour right now talking about, you know, space and the cosmos and threats to Earth and things like that. Um, so that's going to be cool. Tiger's opening day. I'm going to go kind of wander around there and immerse myself in the crowd and, 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 you know, do a Facebook live and I'm live and things like that. We got Astronomicon coming up later this month, which is become a pretty big comic con in the area. They have some really big stars there. They've got, uh, judge Reinhold's coming to that one. You know, the guy from Beverly Hills cop and, you know, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So he'll be there and some other celebrities, which is kind of cool. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's look at that. I mean, just those three things alone just shows you, I guess, the variety <laughs> of of things I do, I guess, you know, in just in just three things. <laughs> so <laughs> It's kind of fun. Well, thank you for being there for us. Thanks for being there for our readers. Uh, I'll let you go t- uh, talk to the astrophysicist. <laughs> and uh, thanks for joining us today on Behind the Headlines, Ed. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate See you it. out in the field. Yep. Thanks, John. And there they go. Big thanks to Ed, of course, for joining us and John Heiner as my co-host, as always. If you like what we are doing, like, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, he is John Heiner. I am Eric Hulkerin, and this is Behind the Headlines.